dreamy, effortless and fast becoming one of Australia's most exhilarating and accomplished artists, Alice Ivy is about to get close to you. Having released her debut album, I'm Dreaming, in February last year, which landed itself on the prestigious Australian Music Prize long list and playing a string of festivals and shows worldwide, Alice Ivy's Close to You tour is well underway. To celebrate her epic single, Close to You, featuring Detroit queen Flint Eastwood, Ivy is heading out on a national tour with hip-hop's fiercest sensation, Miss Blanks, which kick-started in Adelaide last Friday and is landing in Melbourne on the 31st of May at the Northcote Social Club. Joining us in the house with housemates Lucas and Haley is Alice Ivy herself. Thank you so much for joining us. Hello, what an intro. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> it's good to be here. Thanks for having me. And let's jump straight into it um, and have a chat about this amazing national tour that you've just started on. You're bringing along so many friends on this tour with Strict Face in Adelaide, Cry Club in Wollongong, Canberra and Sydney, Close Counters here in Melbourne, Cal in Adelaide and Dana in Brisbane, and of course, Miss Blanks riding alongside as the main support. How have you been feeling about it? Like, how did the first show in Adelaide go, and how was preparing like for the tour? Um, I'm really excited because this is my first headline tour in over a year. Last time I did a big headline tour was when the album came out. So it's been a good 14 months since I've been on a solid headline tour. And, um, I mean, I'm really excited because I've just literally taken the past 12 months off. I mean, no, that's a lie. I've taken the past... (laughs) No, that's a lie. I've taken the past couple of months off to finish my second record. And so um, it's been a bit of a crazy task deciding what to play live what to road test and yeah I guess it's it's really exciting because I've literally curated um a lineup that I really I love and I've got Sean Miss Blanks on the tour and she's a really good friend of mine so I'm really excited to play like really fun shows but I'm also kind of scared because we're road testing all this new material and I've actually um picked up bass for the set so I've had to like go back and learn every single Alice Ivy song on bass which has been really crazy. That's epic that is so so cool uh, like you said Miss Blanks is touring with you around the country plus you recently released Tommy back in April you must be super excited to be doing this song live I'm assuming it's on the set. Yeah yeah awesome. oh well it's in it's in uh, Miss Blanks' set uh-huh. um, yeah it's the, it's the last song in the set and it's really fun it's yeah I, it's really fun funny because you know generally the last song of like the band that plays before you if you're the headliner you're kind of like in the green room like getting ready warming up because you're on next yeah and, but like I, I mean in Adelaide and I'm sure it's going to be on every other show on this tour I'm going to like run out and like have a dance and I kind of like ended up on stage in Adelaide dancing to Tommy with Miss <laughs> I love it. Um, anyway party vibes all the way <laughs> yeah, and um collaborations seem to be a big part of your musical production with six tracks from your debut album I'm Dreaming featuring other incredibly talented musicians what are some important things that you take into consideration when working with others um important things I take into consideration I guess I'm in a really lucky position um in that I can I'm you know I'm dreaming sort of gave me a lot of shows to play like I played a lot of tours after that but then I've also it's opened up a lot of collaboration uh, collaboration doors for me so I, I've been able to work with people that I've wanted to work with for ages and ages and I guess um, 
I don't know. I kind of like always find myself in sessions with artists that I've always really respected and really appreciated. And um, and I have a lot of, yeah, I have a lot of respect for artist to artist. So, um, yeah, I guess that's sort of how they came about. I was lucky enough to talk to Flint Eastwood when she was in Australia at the beginning of the year when she was touring her EP and Close to You just premiered. She talked about how you guys ate lots of pizza and you got to hang out (laughs) while you were touring with Foster the People. Uh, And then you met up again at South by Southwest and then you headed to her studio in Detroit, Assemble Sound. So did Close to You, was it created on a spur of the moment or were you always like, we want to get a track going together and it just so happened that the timing was right when you were both stateside? Totally both. So yeah, we, we both were on the Foster the People tour and it was really fun and we really got along and yeah, there was like a giant pizza involved and, <laughs> and um, yeah, it was, we were like, we really want to work with one another, but you know, Flint Eastwood being from Detroit. Um, it was kind of like a oh yeah maybe one day one day down the pipeline we'll be able to fit that in, and um, so I had plans to go to the states mid year for a writing trip but I did I was at South by and it, I think it was last minute that I found out that Flint Eastwood was going to be in Austin Texas at the same time as I was and so we were like and she wasn't doing she wasn't playing South by she was just on tour and I was like oh my god like. We're in the same city. Let's do this. Like, we've been talking about this for ages. So we were kind of, like, um, going back and forth with demos and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And um, we went into the studio. Um, it was literally in the foothills, like, in the desert. Um, <laughs> and um, I played her a bunch of songs. And, like, we both kind of decided um, that we both bonded and, like, vibed off this one certain demo. And it was, like, the kalimba loop that I have in the verses of Close to You. Yeah. And, um, and then I kind of built a big like crescendo build and um, a drop for the chorus and I guess we kind of achieved like it was crazy we only had two hours because we both had places to be and showcases and media and stuff so we ended up smashing out about two-thirds of the song and it was really quick fast-paced Flint is such a quick writer oh yeah amazing oh when she was talking about writing her EP that she like sat down one night and just like wrote it all out I was like that's incredible like that is the exact opposite (laughs) to me I mean like I mean when it comes to lyrics and stuff I kind of struggle but like with beats I can smash them out pretty quickly but I can't I need time yeah and so that kind of so I walked away with like two-thirds of a song and we were like yeah this is cool um I guess we can work on this via correspondence and then I ended up saying oh look like I'll come and I'll come to Detroit Flint lives in Detroit and she's got this amazing studio that she works out of it's called Assemble Sounds and it's this giant church that's been converted into small studio spaces and I was like hey can I come hang out in Detroit and can we finish the song and she invited me and so we finished the song in a day and then yeah I kind of sat on it for another week and finished it off yeah and that's so it kind of like the idea was born in Texas but then it sort of was finished in in um, Detroit. And you also remixed her song Real Love plus you've also done a bunch of other remixes including Japanese wallpapers Fooling Around, Luca Brasi's Clothes I Slept In. How do you approach and construct a remix? Um, I kind of construct a remix just like I, um, I kind of put together a song. So, um, I mean, the good thing with the remix is that you're given stems, so essentially stuff that you can sample into your own remix. 
Um, there's generally like two approaches to remixes that I take. Sometimes I'll take the more commercial road if that's what they're after, like the band, if they're kind of after like, you know, a so- the actual song with a different beat underneath, something that, you know, is accessible to their listeners whilst like other bands are like, no, just go crazy, like do your, put your own stamp on it. When it came to the Flynn Eastwood remix, I kind of, I, I, you know, I was like, I want to do some extra things to it, but I kind of want to, like, keep it sort of similar. And so I started sampling the beat, and then I wrote my own beat underneath, and then it pieced together. But um, it's funny that you mentioned the Luca Brasi remix yeah. is probably, like, the hardest thing I've ever... It took so <laughs> long to put together because I... um. I yeah I mean I kind of really auto tuned uh, <laughs> uh, their their vocals and um and I kind of pieced it together from scratch because you know I feel like a song like that it was the route of kind of completely changing the beat and you know using it respecting the original but using it in a different scenario was probably more appropriate for that song so that's what I did yeah so I guess I kind of like approach it like sample like how I sorry how I approach songwriting generally I like to sample the original and I kind of take bits that really stand out to me things that I love and then I rebuild them into a different space for those who are just tuning in, you're listening to Housemates on Sin. Uh, Haley and Lucas are having a chat here with Alice Ivy about her national tour, which is happening right now, along with her awesome single, Close to You. You've been so generous with your knowledge in music production. You've run workshops at the Brunswick Music Festival uh, with uh, Memphis LK this year. You've also done the operator workshops at Art Centre and you've done the Ableton University tour. What would you say is the main tip that you give to budding music producers? I guess the main tip is, um, oh, this is a really tricky one. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I could totally like waffle on about five tips, but if it was one main tip that I had to give away, I would say like don't wait for don't wait for like management and booking agents and labels to be able to make you focus on your music and focus on you yourself as a brand and if you can achieve that individually people will come to you so yeah like I don't know when you're an up-and-coming band and you know you're trying to find a manager it's the it doesn't make sense if you're the one that's trying to find a manager you need people to be like you know picking up the phone and trying to call you um and I guess, yeah, keep at it. It's really hard to say that, though. It's like, keep going. You know, I, I like people, uh, like, it's funny. It's a c- conversation that's been happening a lot. It's like, you know, after a show, people are like, great job. You know, you're doing so well. I can't wait to see how you go in 10 years. It's like, <laughs> you know, it's. I don't mean it like that. It's like, you know, just focus on your own creativity and focus on your branding and just, you know, be, be confident in yourself and then take people on board. And when you're producing, is there a particular instrument or equipment that you're immediately drawn to? Like, what's the process of producing a song in the studio and then, like, transitioning it, it to um, the stage? And do you like to tweak your songs a little bit for live performances? Yeah. So, um, well, first off, I kind of, like... I generally like to go on a big, massive sample hunt and I like to, you know, like that comes down to like, you know, searching free sample libraries and um, recording my own samples. I've got a bunch of hardware in my studio. So generally I'll jump onto like the mini log or the Prophet 12 to kind of put together some chords and then I'll piece out the beat from then on adding different textures. Um, 
And once I sort of get to the point of it being a song, translating it to a live scenario, I always go into production rehearsals. Um, I feel like you always sort of have to tweak it a little bit. For me, I kind of have to make my drums sound a lot bigger and, like, the drops sound a little bit bigger in a live scenario. Um, And obviously, you know, when it comes to, like, guests coming on tour and stuff, I have to adjust, like, where their vocal level is in Mm -hmm. the track and et cetera, you know, that kind of obvious stuff. Mm. But when it comes to adjusting the levels, it's mainly just, like, the big impacts and bass and stuff like that that I focus on. Your sound is intertwined with soul-fueled samples. We get that hip-hop influence as well and, of course, electronica, electronic pop. What has been some of the biggest influences, maybe artists or particular sounds that you really want to put in and sampling as well? Like, How does that affect your songwriting production process? I mean, I, I, I really love producers. Oh, man, like I've been listening to some weird music lately. <laughs> I have been, um, I've always been a massive K-Tronata fan. I really love oh that, God, like, yes. you know, four mm. to floor, like, yes. kind of really cool, like, off-cut percussion mm. beat. I really like Disclosure. I really like, mm. I really love what Redon and Carlo were doing with their house sort of music. Yeah, I find it definitely. really cool. So that kind of stuff. I've always been an Avalanches fan, if it isn't obvious. Um, <laughs> I um, And I've always, you know, listened to old soul music and that sort of stuff. So that's sort of always, I guess, soul music is a really interesting point because when you listen to soul music, you know, like old Motown records, you listen to a song and it's got like 40 layers of instrumentation. That's sort of like the kind of, that's the direction I take with composing and producing music. I sort of like select stuff that I like and then I continuously keep layering and layering and layering until it's a massive collage yeah and then lately I've been listening to oh gosh I'm gonna get the last name wrong and it's really embarrassing because she's quite big now and she recently toured Australia Casey Musgraves is that how you say it I think Musgraves I'm not too sure (laughs) apologetic to all those massive country fans out there but I've been smashing that record the past week it's amazing the production is really really good on it and it's like the ultimate um, combination of pop country I don't know it's making me amazing it's making me want to play country music (laughs) Um, what else have I been listening to lately? Yeah, I don't know. I've been listening to a lot of, um, I mean, always like old school hip hop and that kind of stuff. But yeah, gen- like the pops, I don't know. I'm a really big pop fan deep down. So yeah, I think we all are. We all I love a good so. dose of pop. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I definitely grew up listening to a fair bit of Lady Gaga yeah, and Gwen sick. Stefani, not going to lie. Oh my but. God, I love Gwen Stefani so much. Gwen Stefani, mm. Nelly Furtado are oh like my the God. ultimate yeah. artists yes. of all time. Oh, you mentioned avalanches, but it's you sort of out answered it a bit earlier how you're been working on your second album so it's good to hear that you're going to take a bit less than 15 years for the second album <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's very much appreciated well i um yeah it's pretty much done yeah oh that's so exciting yeah so close to you was sort of the first taste and yeah it's i'm really proud of where where i've come as a producer because it's the i'm dreaming my first album was like the story of my first two years as a producer and it had like older stuff on it and it had stuff on it that had already been released etc but now i've been given going into a new album cycle i've been given the chance to 
start afresh and reset and decide what I want to do and start a new concept. And as I've grown over the past year as a producer going into more co-writes and that kind of stuff, traveling lots, doing heaps of tours, I feel like my songwriting and production has matured significantly. So um, it's still going to be a fun album, but um, like totally fun and light. Mm. But like, I feel like it's definitely a lot more serious, which is a good thing, I think. Alice has grown up. <laughs> Alice. <laughs> um, so aside from your national tour, your album, is there anything else that's in the pipeline for Alice Ivy? I mean, aside from like, yeah, a bunch of new material and um, exciting collaborations and the tour and um, some international stuff is happening. And I guess that's sort of like it for the moment. I mean, that's a lot though. That is so much. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah I'm like, what else can I say? I'm thinking of maybe fostering a dog. I mean, but like when I get back from tour though. So yeah, yeah. other than that, I don't really have much else to say about my life. Um. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you mentioned um, fostering a dog, but I was going to say that I really love your relationship with your dog, Lexi. <laughs> like just from like your Instagram, your tattoo, your the close to you music video, it just kind of says it all. And like I too also have a fur baby myself who I adore Aww. and know how much joy they bring. But I just wanted was wondering, uh, has Lexi made her way as a feature artist onto any music so far? I haven't sampled Lexi <laughs> yet on a song, but I reckon that should definitely be a goal of 2019 for sure. Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah, she's, oh man, she's good. She's really old now though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that video clip was sort of like really took it out of her, even though she was, um, she was eating a lot, eating lots of pizza and ice cream and we were really looking after her. She's an old girl now. She's 12. <gasps> and so, 12. yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I love animals so much and I do whatever I can to whenever I'm around. Um, I mean, I would totally adopt a dog and my, she's Lexi's currently with my parents. I would totally adopt a dog, but it, I feel like it's just kind of selfish if I were mm. to do that. So I'm looking into fostering. Nice. Um, yep. I feel like that could be a vibe, you know, kind of look after a dog for a few weeks and then... Mm. Yeah. Well, yeah, a great alternative with your busy schedule. Yeah. So fantastic. And if you want to catch Alice Ivy on her national tour, be sure to head to aliceivymusic.net and you better get in quick because they are selling like hotcakes. And Alice, it's been an absolute pleasure having you in the studio for a chat and we wish you all the best with the rest of the tour and may Lexi continue being the goodest of doggos. <laughs> <laughs> She's always going to be a good old doggo. Uh, thank you so much for having me. Um, yeah, come down to Northgate. It's there aren't too many tickets left. I just had a look, and but it should be an awesome vibe. So don't miss out. Can't wait. <laughs> Hello, this is Alice Ivy, and you're listening to Sin. Yeah.